You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, Blake. So I always like to ask people what they were like growing up. Uh, so when you think back to, to your childhood and maybe the person you are now and what you're doing, what are some of the things that stand out to you about uh, who you were and, and what you were when you were growing up here in the Metroplex? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if a whole lot changed. I was you know, I was a pretty hard worker as a kid. Um, I was one of those kids that I was always fairly good at most things I did. I was never the best, but I was kind of good enough where I, I could kind of uh, strive to be better in, in things I did, whether it was school or uh, pretty much any sport I played or whatever it may be. So I that kind of gave me my, my work ethic, um, obviously stemming from my parents. And um, that's kind of what I think of when I think of me as a kid, is just having to work a little harder than some other some other people to, to get where I needed to be. But uh, thankfully, I was I was brought up in a way that I had that, uh, that work ethic. And what drew you to hockey, and, and when did you really start your relationship with hockey? Yeah, I kind of played everything growing up, but, uh, my grandma, uh, my mom's side of the family is from New York and she, she had tickets to Islander games growing up, uh, up there. And, and when they moved down here, she, she grabbed stars tickets when they came into town, um, uh, back in 92 and she had four tickets and nobody ever wanted to go, uh, cause it was hockey. <laughs> so she, she brought me along to the games, uh, pretty much from the time I was old enough to, to stand up and I loved it. Um, I loved everything about watching it and I ended up you know, getting a pair of rollerblades and started that way playing street hockey with, with the neighborhood friends and then uh, eventually progressed um, onto the ice obviously and, and started playing um, travel hockey. So you and I are, are basically the same age, and I always think that you know people our age who grew up in the Metroplex grew up at a great time to fall in love with hockey because uh, you know it wasn't long after the Stars moved here that they became a you know a really good team and a force in the Western Conference. Uh, how influential was that? And, and I know you said your grandmother was an Islanders fan, but did you? Did you become a Stars fan, and, and how important was maybe the the success of the Stars in the, the mid to late 90s and early 2000s in terms of your uh, your interest in hockey and getting involved? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head. Um, everybody everybody likes watching a winning team, and um, the Stars were almost the entire time uh, that I was growing up were, were a really good team, whether they were playing in the conference finals. Obviously, they won a cup in 99 played in the cup final again the next year and um anytime you can watch playoff hockey um you know that's really a time that people fall in love with the sport but um when you're winning playoff series and and watching the town you know rally behind it and, and flags up everywhere it's uh it's a pretty 
pretty fun thing to be a part of, and um, that certainly was a big part of me loving the game. I, I remember back before I had phones and internet and that, I was <laughs> running out at 6 a.m. every morning to grab the newspaper and check the stat line and see who was scoring and how the stars did and all that. So uh, it was it was fun. It was a good way for me to bond with uh, my, my mom and my grandmother, but, um, you know, we used that as, as a good bonding experience. And then, um, like like you said, it was just so fun to be a part of that, that uh, winning mentality here. Who who are some of your favorite players? I mean, I know obviously Mike Madonna is the the guy maybe most connected to those teams, but uh, were you a Madonna guy, or was there another guy who you really kind of connected with? Yeah, I would say Madonna is kind of the easy answer. Uh, I was actually a more more of a Joe Newendike fan, um, just for whatever reason. I really loved his game, and you know, he obviously he won the uh, MVP there, Con Smythe when when the Stars won the cup and. Uh, he always had a lot of a lot of playoff success, and uh, I wore 25 for pretty much my entire career until I got to the pro leagues because it was taken. But I always always really liked him and respected him, and uh, you know I've gotten to meet him a little bit uh, when he was with the Stars, uh, working in, in management. But uh, obviously he's, he's a stand-up guy too, which which makes it nice. As you started playing hockey and, and maybe started watching the game in a different way and, and you started to find success uh, and, and really taking it seriously. Who were some of the guys, whether you know players on the Stars or players around the league, who kind of influenced you in, in your playing style? Uh, you know, I really evolved. Um, I was kind of a skilled kid when I was growing up in Texas. I could get away with being kind of more of a skilled guy down here and then I moved away my freshman year of high school for one year to go play in Detroit. Uh, and I really kind of recreated my game up there thanks to my, my coach there and uh, became more of a two-way guy, more physical, uh, basically turned into the player that I am now. And, and that's definitely the reason I was able to make it as far as I have. It's just that transition. But um, so my, I'd say my people, I was, you know, Joe Nundike was more of a skilled player, game looked real easy, um, but then as I grew older and started playing a different style, um, there's guys like Brendan Morrow, uh, Mike Fisher, uh, guys that were kind of hard-nosed, uh, pain in the uh, <laughs> the rear, I'll say. <laughs> uh, guys that could also, you know, they could still score and, and contribute and were leaders on the team, and, um, you know, I really started to turn to guys like that after that point. All right, so you mentioned freshman year, you go to Detroit, and and I don't know, you know, people who don't follow hockey, uh, and maybe even some who do, don't realize that the travel uh, for hockey players really starts at a young age, you know, whereas for a basketball player, you might not relocate until college or you start playing professionally, but uh, because of the juniors uh, and, and, and the circuits there, the various leagues, you're all over the place. So what was it like for you, uh, you know, I believe you, you lived in a few different places just for hockey purposes in high school. What was that like in, in doing it at that age, and, and how how important of a learning experience or experiences were uh, those periods of time when you were away from DFW and in, in a different place, different environment, having to prove yourself on the ice? Yeah, I think you know, like you said, I started traveling even when I was playing in Dallas. I think I started travel hockey at the age of six so you kind of get used to to picking up and going and then being all over the country and then 
you know, ultimately ended up going to four different high schools and three different states. So it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing for, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old who, you know, when I first moved away, I couldn't even drive. So I had a bike everywhere I went and lived with a, a host family. And, you know, thankfully they were good people and, and made my, my time there uh, memorable, but uh, it's just a, it's a tough transition. You know, you're not used to being away from your family at that age and they're certainly not used to you being gone. So you're, you're constantly in contact with them, but uh, ultimately it was the best decision for me. Just uh, financially, it, it was a much better situation for my family. And then uh, obviously the hockey was, was great there. We ended up winning a national championship uh, in Michigan when I was there. So a lot came from it. I met a lot of, you know, a lot of different people, you know, I still keep up with, a handful of, of kids from, from each of the four high schools I went to. So it's cool to to have friends and connections all over the country. And, and when I'm in those states playing, you know, they'll reach out or I'll reach out and we'll go grab dinner or go or bring them to a game and bring them down after or whatever it is. Um, you know, it creates a bond in, in a lot of different places and it's fun to, to have those connections. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's more about you have to learn to, to be the new guy year in and year out and, uh, it certainly helped me with my pro career, uh, going through a, re- a recent trade, and even when I was first called up to the to the league, um, you're around a, a ton of new faces and then guys that you're not familiar with, and um, you're you're pretty comfortable with those situations by the time you get there. So, it's a different lifestyle, but uh, you know, I really really enjoyed it. Now, I, I used to do some work in the OHL, and I know there's some interesting cities in that league and in a lot of these leagues you go to some some wacky places what was the the most interesting place you uh your your hockey travels took you when you were in high school at some of these various leagues and in, in random parts of the country uh yeah so i was drafted into the united states hockey league uh the tri-city storm um which at the time had no no meaning to me i didn't know what that meant where it was <laughs> uh I wound up being in uh, Kearney, Nebraska, which is maybe 30,000 strong, um, small town, um, you know, really nice people, just very different from what I grew up in Dallas and what I was used to. But, um, that was my senior year. Actually, I ended up graduating at Kearney Bearcat, uh, which is, <laughs> Go cats. I, I haven't, haven't been back for a reunion, but, uh, <laughs> I did, did make some friends there and, um, and my, my college roommate actually went, played there with me and, uh, we're, he was best man at my wedding. So it was, uh, it ended up being, you know, I ended up making a lot of good friends, but it was, uh, not somewhere I've, I've been back to, but it's, I've got a lot of good memories. All right. Now you mentioned college and, and you, you referenced the national championship when you were in Michigan. You also won a national championship. Uh, I think your first year, if I'm not mistaken, in Miami of Ohio and, uh, you know, obviously that's the goal of, uh, you know, any team sport to, to win a championship. And as you get older, uh, it seems like those championships maybe mean more when you won at Miami of Ohio, what was that experience like? Cause I always, you know, feel like it, it, you just feel on top of the world for, I don't know if it's 24 hours or 48 hours or, you know, four months, I, you know, I don't know, but what was that experience and feeling like for you? Yeah, it was, uh, my sophomore year, we won, the the CCHA. Uh, regular season title, and then my senior year, we actually won the uh, NCHC um, championship title, and that was that was kind of the big one for me. Um, and it's it's crazy; it's what you work for. I mean, college hockey's 
a different animal than the pros. You're only playing 30 games a year, so every game feels like the last one, and you're you're getting everything you got. It's just a much crazier pace. And, um, so winning those leagues are it's hard because you're you only get one crack at it. It's not a series usually. So uh, we we won it that year, and it was my last. You know, my last game was actually the championship game, which not many guys get to go out of their careers with a win. But we celebrated a. Uh, pretty hard uh, obviously winning in college is is a different animal you get back and everyone's on campus hockey's a big deal there in uh oxford ohio um so we you know we we enjoyed it for a while but uh it's just one of those things that putting in all that work all year but you know it's all the stuff that people don't see the 5 a.m rope runs and all the crazy things you do all spring leading up to the season that uh, ultimately, you think back on when you when you win those things and and uh, you know give credit to. So then you eventually you, you work your way to the the NHL and uh, I you know I remember watching this. Uh, you, you play against the Stars and you score your your first career goal against the Stars, right? So uh, to do that against your your hometown team, <laughs> your first goal is going to be special no matter what. But but how extra special was it doing it against the Stars? It was awesome. Uh, yeah, I actually scored. I scored my third game in Vancouver. Uh, would have been the game winner with two minutes left, and they they did a review, and that new offsides rule had just been created. Um, so they ended up calling it back. It was a bad call, right? And, yeah, it was tough. I think uh, Hall, Taylor Hall was on my team. He took himself offside somehow. Um, but it was one of those things where I was. I mean, I, I think I didn't score for like fourteen games, so I was starting to get pretty pretty upset and rattled and, and then finally of course uh scored against Dallas and it all felt pretty meant to be but um it was it was in New Jersey I knew obviously a lot of the stars guys I trained here in the summers in Dallas I should say uh so I knew a lot of the guys I knew the strength coach the staff and that so uh pretty cool to to get reward or uh congratulated by all those guys even on the ice right after it happened and and have them be there for that and um all my friends, family back home watching on TV. So it was a big moment. Um, it actually ultimately led to me meeting my wife through that goal. It's just a, a weird twisted tale, but uh, so it ended up having even more meaning uh, that way. But it's definitely something that, that I'm happy and proud of and, and something I'll never forget. Okay, so you can't like leave that dangling carrot. So how did the goal <laughs> uh, lead to, to your wife, Jordan? Uh, so I had a couple buddies at the game. Me and Jordan grew up in the same neighborhood. Your families knew uh, each other, right? Yeah, yeah. Families grew up in the same neighborhood. My my sister was friends with Jordan. Uh, real young, like gosh, fifth grade, maybe the oldest. Kind of, they were connected, and then uh, really they moved out of the neighborhood, and I didn't see them or her for twenty years, I guess, something like that. And uh, but it was one of those things where we had a lot of the same friends, like in in the same friend group, but just never never crossed paths for whatever reason it was. And uh, anyway, two of those friends uh, lived in New York and asked you know to come to the game, and I got them some tickets. And uh, after the goal, we went down the ice uh, after the game and took a photo with the puck, and you know they posted it. And uh, this is where this is where me and Jordan's stories. Start to differ, but she uh, she shot me what she called a friendly follow on, on Instagram and social media. Uh, I took that as 
you know, she's liking what she saw. And, uh, <laughs> and I actually reached out to her and, uh, asked how the family was and that. And then, uh, nothing major. I was still in season. So I ended up waiting a couple months and took her out when we got to Dallas and, uh, been pretty inseparable since and obviously married and had our first daughter. So life's, uh, life's good, but yeah, her version of the story, she'd have to tell it, but it's much different than, uh, than how I tell it. It's always like that though, Blake, let me tell you, cause, uh, with me and my wife, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> the, the stories are never ever right either. No, never. No, I, I, I don't have a kid yet, so I don't even know what it's like now that uh, you have a kid. So you're going to have to tell me all about that and how often <laughs> you're wrong now, uh, that there's another uh, another person in the family, and and we're going to get to that in a second uh, because yeah. that that kind of involves uh, uh, your experience getting traded this year. But I, I just want to ask, like I've always said, and and I love all sports, and and maybe soccer compares in some way, but like I don't know there that there's a bigger rush from a fan's perspective in sports and scoring a goal. You know, there there are a lot of points that are scored in a, a basketball game, and. You know, as exciting as a touchdown might be, again, you know, there, there are a lot of points in a football game and runs in a baseball game, but uh, the rush of scoring a goal from a fan's perspective uh, is unrivaled, especially in the playoffs. What's it like as a player? And and you, you've you had, a, you know, a couple 20-goal seasons, so it's not like this is a, a rare thing for you, but do you still feel that, that, that rush and that excitement when you uh, realize that the puck uh, found the back of the net? Yeah, I think just, just as a competitor and as – as somebody who's been playing and knows how hard it is to score, especially in this league, um, you know, I don't take anything for granted. And, and yeah, it's, it's hard to beat that rush of, you know, 20,000-plus people uh, screaming when the puck goes in the net. And um, It's what it's one of those things you miss when you're away from the game. You you miss that rush and that, that excitement that comes with it. Um, obviously, there's some guys who maybe don't score quite as much and, You'd think they won the cup every time <laughs> the puck finds in that. So it's, it's different, I'm sure, for guys like McDavid and you know, Jamie Benn, guys like that. It's uh, maybe not quite as much, but it's you know, once you get into playoff hockey, it's like you start all over again and you're a little kid in your yard scoring that goal, going crazy. And um, I wish I wish everybody could feel that <laughs> feel that feeling of what <clears throat> excuse me of what that's like because it's uh, it's definitely a high. And it's, it's something that makes all the work feel worth it, and um, you know, it's obviously like you said, it's 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 hard to score in hockey, and and I think I could recite all whatever sixty, seventy, whatever how many goals I've got, I could probably tell you about each one of them. That's how much they mean. So uh, I'm, I'm missing that feeling right now. Yeah, well, hopefully you get the chance to. Uh... You know, get that feeling that I don't know if there's going to be some regular season or you go right to the playoffs with Tampa Bay. Uh, and, and, you know, depending on when people are listening to this, you know, we're obviously, I guess, as Blake's comment just uh, indicated, we're, you know, we're, we're having this conversation during the, uh, the, the coronavirus downtime in, in hockey. Uh, now, you got traded from the Devils to the Lightning, and that's. You know, as great as that might seem on the surface, because you go uh, to a franchise with a chance to win the cup, uh, you know, I know it's not always easy getting traded. There are a lot of, you know, factors in play, especially when you have a, a wife. And in your case, you got traded when your wife was, what, inside of two weeks away from giving birth. So uh, you had that added uh, thing on your plate. So what the heck was that like just from like a human level 
of getting traded with, you know, what your wife was dealing with, what you guys as a family were getting ready for, while also still having to focus on on a job and now doing a job with a team that's got a lot to play for. Yeah, it's uh it's a pro sports are a crazy thing, obviously. Um you know, it's a little different, I think, when you maybe expect you're gonna be traded or you know, there's a lot of media headlines and, and it just it it's kind of in the writing that you're gonna be you're moving out, you can kinda of plan for it or you can't plan for where you're going obviously, but just plan that things are gonna be shifting and changing and um And that was your situation. You knew you knew that this was coming to some team, right? No, I was I was completely opposite. I had had talks uh, with the team, and it sounded like, uh, barring a miracle, it sounded like I was staying in Jersey and I'm um, going to be there for the foreseeable future, and um, which made it all a lot crazier. Because about two weeks before I got traded, it sounded like I said it sounded like I was staying. So um, I, it was actually the dad's trip. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. It was the dad's trip in Jersey. Um, so my my dad had just flown in, and we had a home game. And yeah, the dads go to the game, and they get to you know be up in the suite, and then they're going to travel with us to St. Louis and go to a game there. And uh, it's a cool thing that the NHL does. They they do that you know once a year, either mom or dad's trip or siblings or whatever it is. Um, so he was there, and we walked into the rink for the home game, and uh, the general manager was standing there waiting for me, and. You know, kind of gave me the come here with the finger wag, and I was like, all right. Um, so I kind of walked over and knew something kind of strange was up, and he he basically told me he's he's uh, he's trading me, and uh, he didn't know where to, so he'd be in touch and head back home. So I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, he told me I was going somewhere in the east um, to a contender. That's pretty much how he left it. You know, he said apologize because he knew my family situation with the baby and uh he also told me i'd i'd thank him later when i invited him to the uh the cup party so <laughs> it was uh it's a mix of emotions um and then it went on for we went home me and my dad and there was about seven hours that went by where i was with my wife and uh her mom was in town actually preparing for the baby um we were all just sitting there with no idea where we were going um you know, and then we get texts from people with all these rumors. And for a while, we thought we were going to Boston. And then for a while, we thought we were going to Edmonton. And then, uh, and then a media report came through uh, from I think it was a verified source too, uh, saying that I'd been traded to Colorado uh, with details to come. And so I thought we were going to Colorado. <laughs> and then got a bunch of congrats texts. And then ten minutes later, it came out that. That was a false report, and we were not going to Colorado. And then, ultimately, he called me uh, once the deal was done. Told me we were being traded to Tampa, and that's kind of when we just kicked into overdrive and tried to figure out our next steps. And um, like you said, we we're we we're due to have our baby in two weeks, uh, and there's not much not much you can do to get from Jersey to Tampa. So we we got a plane as quickly as possible and. Got her down to Tampa. I had to meet the team in Vegas on a road trip. Uh, it was actually the team's rookie party, so I had to go out Wait. with the boys that night. <laughs> it was like, the whole thing was nuts, honestly. And you know, she got put up in the hotel with her mom, and uh, which ended up being where we brought our our little girl home to. It was the Marriott in Tampa. So uh, <laughs> that'll always be a special been, place. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget it. And they were actually, you know, they were great. 
the staff had actually put out a bunch of baby stuff and made it made it special. But uh, it's just one of those stories that when I tell my daughter in 20 years, I don't think she's going to believe me. But um, we're loving it. We're we're happy that you know we ended up in Tampa. There's a lot of worse places to be, and uh, we're enjoying it there. But it's uh, we're still not quite settled, and it's just part of this lifestyle. And like I said, I've I've been doing it since high school and moving around and dealing with this stuff. So I'm, I'm doing okay, but, but life's a little different when you're caring for a baby and, and, uh, you know, you have a, a partner that you need to, you know, have be on board and be happy. And, and she was not used to this lifestyle, but she's handled it great. So thankfully I have a good support staff and we're, uh, we're making it work. All right. Now I got to ask you about some, some non hockey or I guess non playing stuff. I guess the first thing is, is indirectly related, but I know you, uh, do a lot of work with uh, aspiring hockey players. The Coleman Combine is something that you've done, uh, and, and unfortunately, I don't think are, are going to be able to do this year because of you know everything with the pandemic. But uh, you know what what led to that? Why is that so important to you? And uh, you know what what's that experience like for for not only you but for the the young hockey players who get a chance to be around you and other uh, NHL players and as they try to uh, you know improve their careers. Yeah, I just I really wanted to start something on my own. Um, ultimately, my my original goal was to start a camp here in Dallas uh, for kids coming up through the system the way I did, and just kind of giving them. I guess I should give you the structure of the camp. It's a little different than most. Like typically, a a camp is where kids show up, and then there's coaches on the ice, and they kind of direct drills and and run kids through stuff. Uh, we decided to completely shift from that. Uh, and I basically invite three to four NHL players a week uh, to come down. And this is in, like, the heat of our training. So we go full gear, full training, and uh, we actually we do our training alongside with these kids. Uh, so we make sure, you know, they're AAA kids and they're kids that can keep up with kids that really want to get better and then see what, what our training is all about. Uh, and to my knowledge, there's nothing like it out there. So we... We wanted to do something different, and we've been doing that for a couple of years now, and um, and it's been a lot of fun. It's it's hard for us. We we push ourselves, and and the kids get to see, you know, what a what a couple of weeks looks like for us um, in midsummer training. So the goal is just to to give kids a platform to to see how pros train and, and to be around us and see how we eat and see it's a full resident camp. So they they eat meals with us. They, do activities with us. They do the workouts they, or watch it depending on, you know, what it is and they skate with us. So it's, uh, it's inclusive. There's nothing. I never had that opportunity growing up as a kid here. Uh, there's, you know, the occasional summer camp, but it was more just 500 kids on the ice, just skating in circles and chasing around a ball or whatever, <laughs> um, which is, which is all good. You know, you need that stuff too, but we just wanted to give something a little more meaningful and, and get back and, um, get back to my point that I wanted it to be in Dallas on, on the, the original basis, but, uh, just ice and the way the stars kind of work their camps here, it just logistically, we couldn't quite make it work. So, uh, I partnered with a guy whose camp I used to go to growing up. Uh, and he actually runs our drills and stuff now, uh, for the pros and the kids. And he had a, a connection out in Massachusetts at a, at a prep school. And we run it out of uh, out of their campus. It's beautiful and uh, has has the cafeteria, has everything you need. So it's worked out great. 
uh, in the future, I'd still like to, to get it down here to Dallas where I'm from and, and be able to make an impact here. But um, we're really enjoying sharing that experience with people right now. All right. Now, you know, sometimes with athletes, there's that one thing that really is different or makes them unique, and, and you probably get asked about it all the time. So I, I really hope that you're not tired of talking about this. But uh, pickle juice, I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I uh, couldn't end this conversation without talking about pickle juice. So you have your own pickle juice company now. I think it's called P20, uh, and and we'll get to that. But I guess first off, how the heck did you uh, fall in love with pickle juice? I think it had to do with cramping, if I'm not mistaken. But but if you, if you don't mind, if you could explain kind of the 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 uh, introduction to pickle juice, when that was, and and why it was. Yeah, it's just one of those. It just kind of became my thing on accident, but. Uh, I've always had a just terrible history of cramping, uh, and it started progressing, getting a little bit worse and worse as I got older. And in college, it was really a, a big thorn in my side. I tried everything from, you know, I mean, obviously this is the standard electrolytes and Gatorades and uh, even salt packets, and um, I mean, you name it, I tried it. Bananas, um, and nothing was working. I was getting to the point where, you know, I wasn't even able to finish some games because my legs would just seize up. Um, and so we ended up being on a trip in Colorado and one of my teammates was eating pickles out of a jar, uh, in the locker room before a game and kind of asked him what was up. And he's like, Oh, it's, you know, I read something that this is good for cramps. And I was like, all right, it's kind of weird. Um, and then ultimately ended up just drinking the juice out of the jar because he's finished with the pickles. And, first time in my career that I'd been in altitude and not cramped. So I was like, that's either a really weird coincidence or this is working. And then I tried it the next night on the back-to-back and uh, had no issues again. So that became my new drink of choice before games and uh, ended up you know, working completely for me. Um, there's obviously a bunch of different camps, whether it's the sodium and you know, electrolytes in it or it's the, the uh, taste. Uh, tricking your nerves into not sending the signals to cramp. There's a bunch of different camps on this, but I'm not really too into the research. I don't even care why it works as long as it does. And uh, I've, I've stayed with it and it's worked ever since. And um, I had it under wraps for a while. It was, it was kind of just my own little thing. And then uh, 2017, I think it was opening night against Colorado. I started cramping there in the second period. Uh asked the trainers to go grab me the pickle jar. I used to just go to Whole Foods or Kroger or whatever and grab some pickles out of, you know, a real jar of pickles for games and just drink out of it. <laughs> and uh, they brought it to the bench and I took a penalty. So one of my teammates had to skate it, skated a full jar of 365 pickles <laughs> across center ice over to me in the penalty box. And, of course, uh, I caught a lot of people's attention when I started chugging uh juice out of the jar and a couple photos went viral and uh that became my my name to the the media and the fans and then you know it led to a bunch of people bringing me half-eaten pickle jars and their own homegrown pickles and all this stuff to sign or try or whatever it was and and eventually we were just like all right let's just run with this and we uh created our own pickle juice and my my sister's a designer and she designed the bottles and does all the does all the work for that, but uh, it's been a fun way to, to work with my family and, and uh, kind of sharing the fun with them, but uh, it also gives me a, a way to, to have bottles on the bench and 
and keep my career going a little a little longer and a little more smoothly. So uh, it's it's quirky and we have fun with it, but you know it serves a purpose too. And um, you know we've been able to create charitable uh, foundations and, and things like that out of it too, which which has been great. Now you go to Coleman20.com for uh, more information on how you can uh, get yourself some uh, Blake's pickle juice recipe so you can uh, maybe <laughs> enjoy the pickle juice or uh, prevent the cramping or, I guess, uh, you know, in a perfect world, a little bit of both. Uh, Blake, we really appreciate the time. Uh, thanks so much and uh, continued success in your career. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on.